Welcome to episode 9 of What up, what up, and welcome back to another episode of People Like Games. I'm Solo. And I'm Lilo. And this is the show. How's your day going, buddy? Uh, so far, so good. Actually, got a lot accomplished today in preparation for this week's episode. And you know, I'm just ready and excited to record. All right, so where are we going to begin with the weekend news? First, we're going to begin funny enough with what I sent you earlier today, which was Snoop Dogg was streaming a game online. Uh, it reached like 100,000 streamers. Uh, it was funny. He was smoking a blunt while on Twitch, which I was sort of curious about, and I had inquired about, and Trophy actually did a little bit of research, and we found out with Twitch's policy, if, I think if it's legal in the state, then you're allowed to do it because... You know, do people drink on streams? I don't know. I've never really watched. I haven't seen any. Um, I, I don't on know if Twitch that's a, I can in particular. Either. Yeah. I don't yeah. know, but that's actually awesome. The guy stole your idea, man. No, no, no. So basically what that was, he wasn't even playing, dude. At one point he had a blunt in his hand and in the other hand he had his phone. So he was chilling. Oh. <laughs> so exactly. But uh, it was a marketing stunt uh, by the company that created a game called SOS. Uh, it's in early access on Steam right now. Uh, it's pretty, pretty clever. It's a reality TV inspired game. Where, uh, where, where, where is this? Uh, you and you drop down with, I believe, 30 people onto an island and you have to all collect something and get off. Uh, and what's different is that it's built on vocal communication with fellow contestants, challenging you to make the right alliances and betrayals to leave the island intact from the attacks on various monsters. I didn't really watch the stream, so I don't know what that means, but I guess that's a little bit of a, a funny spin on the concept of the battle royale because if you think about the way hq is set up right every day they have it timed if they did like a timed version of PUBG, it'd be pretty interesting we get like a, right. a reward for winning that day's game whatever the case may be but it'd be impossible because it's confined by the number of people who could play at one time anyway yeah you can't have a million people playing at once. That'd be an incredible PUBG game. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. The million man game. That That'd actually be, would be epic. It would take forever to win. I, I think like half the population, you'd be down to 500,000 immediately just from all the punching. Yeah. But I really think it would take forever to get down to like a one winner. That'd be that'd be cool. That'd be cool. It'd be really cool. It'd be really cool. It's like but. in 50 years from now when your phone is actually like a full server that you can host something like that. You know what I mean? If you could do Technology VR on a map that is scaled to a degree that it could incorporate that many people, it could potentially yeah. maybe theoretically work, but not likely. Anyway, uh, Rocket League is apparently getting cross-platform play in 2018. I thought it had it, but apparently you can only invite people to play in private matches. Mm, I see. And- and then with the voice chat, it only allows players to communicate with those on the same platform. Uh, that's a little annoying. Same thing I felt sort of with the Twitch app, where if you're on your computer, I don't know why you can't talk to someone on their phone if you have the Twitch app on your phone. Seems sort of basic. 
but um, PlayStation is not going to play ball. I actually covered that uh, in a show a couple of weeks back about why there wasn't cross-platform play. And literally at one point, I think it was Psyonix is the, the developer, someone accidentally turned on cross-platform play where PlayStation was allowed to play with the uh, PC gamers, and then that mm-hmm. shut it off because it was an accident. So there's literally a button that they have to like push, like they have to just deploy one piece of code and they'd be I'm able sure to do cross-platform. Code. Yeah, they just manipulate. But I mean, there is definitely cl- cross-platform, but I guess the extent that you're talking about, and I mean, I didn't see the article, but it seems like you're talking about being able to invite people. If I'm playing on my Switch and I want to invite someone on Xbox, I can do that now, which would be incredible. Yeah, That would be really cool. Exactly. It should be. Um, but... We'll see. we'll see. I mean, Sony is definitely never going to be part of it. Microsoft and Nintendo are playing in tandem uh, because mm-hmm. we're going to get to my, uh, Xbox because Xbox played a real ma- major card today. But anyway, uh, God of War uh, released a new trailer today and announced its uh, launch date, uh, 420. <laughs> nice. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> How epic did that look, though? You oh see the trailer? God. Like, Yeah. Dude. It makes me want to just buy a PlayStation just to play that game. That and the uh, Spider-Man game. Oh, my God. I saw that. I just said that God of War trailer I was watching. I was like, yo, I need to pick up a system. They need to reboot Ratchet & Clank like that. Sure they will. It's probably all in the plans, man. It's all in the plans. Somewhere it's just like checking off the boxes. Did we do this game yet? No. Did we do this game yet? No. Okay. Yeah, exactly. They should go through the Disney method. It's like, yo, do you know what a great idea is? Let's remake the same shit we made in the 90s, but live. <laughs> <laughs> hey, it works. It makes money, and the games are still fun, you know? The games yeah. are definitely refreshed, refreshing true. and fun. This That's... God of War game looks epic and different take on Kratos. So just really excited to see where that goes. I agree with that. I agree with that. Um, in other news, uh, the PlayStation Network is actually currently down. Uh, they Sony hasn't commented on it uh, just yet. Um, actually, uh, apparently they're having a network issue. So if you are trying to play your PS4, oh, and they'll be back tomorrow at 9 a.m. Um, that is pretty unfortunate uh, for PlayStation players. Uh, but I guess that uh, that shit happens when you're playing yep. online. But. It does. <laughs> Every service has had an outage here or there. Yeah. Sorry, guys. By the time you listen to this, you'll already be back up, so it doesn't really matter. Exactly. Uh, Dragon Ball Fighter Z is coming out on Friday. Do you plan to buy it? Dude, I actually think so. I've been watching the whole trailers and just seeing the early reviews of the game, and they're freaking ridiculously positive. So I think... I think I'm invested. Granted, you know, I need more money, but uh, we'll see. You know, if they I just wanna don't like the, toss us a free game. I just don't like the the way that they set it up with that like you have to pay for the game and then you have to pay for like thirty five dollars extra DLC to be able to unlock eight characters. It's like you know, if it's available at the time of the release, it's sort of dickish not to just include it in the game. See, I did not hear that. Yeah, I just got excited because you know fighting with Goku and Gohan, it's just brings me back, man. Brings me back <laughs> to those days where you waited four episodes for Goku to go Super Saiyan. Four episodes so of screaming, epic. my favorites, my favorites. <laughs> I, I I tried to go back. Like uh, Dragon Ball, what is this? Dragon Ball Super now is pretty pretty popular. 
but yeah. I, I can't get back into it. It's very difficult. The only thing I, I really still stick with is One Piece. Which one is, Piece is solid. One piece it's never going to end, though, so don't worry about that. Yeah, exactly. Watch that until you die. <laughs> Basically. There's actually a, a, an open-world One Piece game coming out. They released a couple of pictures, but like I want to see more of the gameplay, uh, which I have not released whatsoever. Uh, next up, uh, the Witcher TV series apparently has been written in full. Uh, the showrunner, who is Lauren S. Hisrich, uh, tweeted it out today. Uh, the show is going to be uh, coming out in, I think, 2018. Uh, it's actually based on The Witcher 3. Did you play that game? Uh, it's funny. Steam, you know how like if sometimes on Steam you just end up having a whole bunch more games and you, you have time to play? Always. Well, that's one of the games. And it's on my, it's on my list. You know, it's on my list. Eventually I'm going to get there. Right now, just going through a whole bunch of stuff. But hey, my friends have all said it's been wonderful. So this TV show seems pretty awesome. And anytime a video game gets transitioned to a movie or a TV show or something like that, I'm excited. So it just means that the video game market is growing and people like it. People enjoy it. Yeah, I, I mean, I I feel like I I wanted to like mention like do an episode it's like way back when, which is. There's like a real uptick in the amount of video games that sh- or video game material that's starting to be adapted uh, just for televisions and movies. And so thus far, I think the new Tomb Raider movie is not going to do well. Um, the same way I didn't think Assassin's Creed was going to do well. Like they just pick like the exact games I wouldn't want to make into a movie, into a movie. I feel like. Uncharted has been pretty obvious one. I'm surprised they haven't jumped on that. Yeah, it's just Indiana Jones all over again. Exactly. I think, uh, I don't know, Tomb Raider I can understand more because they already had some established success with mm-hmm. Angelina Jolie. But the Assassin's Creed, it's really hard to pull that off. And uh, I, I don't know, you see it? Did you ever see it? Yeah. No, no, no. Oh, the, the oh, Assassin's Creed? Bad. No. They didn't, they didn't yeah. even do the... If you're going to make a movie, make it on Assassin's Creed 2 and make it good. Um, like I'm holding out. I, I fully believe that Bioshock is the dark night of potential video game movies. And I already have Dude, the director in mind. Oh my God. Mm-hmm. That'd be so sweet. Guillermo del Toro. I think that would be sweet. Like him. Oh man. He, he already is in those dark fantasy worlds, right? Mm-hmm. You just throw him in there. I think it'd be good. It'd be incredible. So I, I'm, I'm going to try to get a petition going for that because that to me, either or, if you do Bioshock or Bioshock Infinite, you have a, a definitive potential Oscar contender on uh, who's actually making the game. Uh, anyway, the new Overwatch update is out today. Uh, we played a map on Blizzard World earlier. And I didn't really get it. Um, do you play? Do you play a few on it, or did you just play one? Yeah. No, I, I played like uh, seven or eight matches on. All right. On Blizzard me, World. How was it? Lay it out for me. Who'd you use? What it do? How'd it work? <laughs> uh, so I picked Tracer just because she can blink around super quick, and I use that to just kind of explore the map to begin with. I think it's beautiful. It's awesome, and as a fan of Blizzard games, you'll definitely come to appreciate it. 
intricacies that they put like obviously i've only played in the focus was to try to kill other people yeah, so, so how really the layout that. like wh- where's so the, do it. Is like hey, the man, middle the standard payload map like a point map and then payload map so you have to grab the first point before you can get to the payload and that choke is relatively uh tough to navigate but then once the payload's going i mean it's really tough to push that payload all the way in mm. because the second area where the payload starts is so open that you have so many flanking opportunities it's actually crazy so yeah, i think good. it's some awesome addition and it's going to encourage people to try different characters because you need people are short like small and speedy to to flank or you know the widow was just sniping everybody because you couldn't see where she was coming from Mm. that'll change once people get used to the maps but agreed agreed and a blizzard in general just seeing your favorite stuff from every game in one area is really cool I like the I like the fact that it's a more colorful map. I feel like a lot of the design on the other Overwatch maps are relatively monotone. Yeah, yeah, so, I can agree. Like Junkertown, it's just brown. Just exactly, brown. And that's why the so. e- even on the London's row, it's so enjoyable during the the Winter Wonderland season when you have like the snoke because it just adds elements that aesthetically change it and make it more appealing. But yeah, yeah, I can see what you're talking about. It's good. Hopefully it's some more to come. Now that Overwatch is just getting bigger and bigger, I really pray that they add in more maps uh, and characters. Apparently there's a 27th up on deck, and it's been teased in one of the character videos. That was from Jeff Kaplan, who's the director of Overwatch. Um, the Actually, in terms of the Overwatch League, this weekend, Friday, 7 p.m., is Seoul vs. New York. That is going to be a really good game. That's going to be the best game of the season thus far. All Koreans, by far, the standard in playing in Overwatch. What do you think? Hey, I'm excited to watch it. And it's funny because it's a Friday night at 7. And normally you'd be watching a sports game, basketball game, or something like that. But for us nerds, definitely into watching this Overwatch League. It's going to expand really well. I'm I'm excited for it. I'm, I'm I'm hoping that for season two they <clears throat> add a few more teams. They're definitively going to Brazil. There's going to be a a Brazilian squad. This is probably made up of all Koreans. <laughs> <laughs> probably <Maybe>. though. Uh, <laughs> probably though. That's it's like funny. I'm kind of confused. The one thing I haven't ironed out, and I guess I could probably f- find this out if I did more research. Just you have this league, right? And they're all f- playing each other. They're mm-hmm. all playing each other in Los Angeles. Mm-hmm. So, like, the teams are from cities, except are they all just living in Los Angeles anyway? You know? That's what I just don't understand. Well, yeah. They're so playing the, every week. The goal so. is to eventually create stadiums in each of their home cities where they'll play. But as much as I understand that concept, I also think that with their schedule where you're playing weekly games, are you going to be flying these dudes around the world on a weekly basis? I don't think that's going to be economically viable for a few years. I I think the setup they have right now is pretty good. I think they should just rotate which countries they do their seasons in. That's not a bad idea. That is actually pretty cool. And you give the players an opportunity to be, to experience a different culture too, yeah. which is something that professional athletes 
um, have the like you know are fortunate mm-hmm. enough to be able to do that. And a little bit of the problem is that actually because this season is split up into those like distinctive stages, it would work that they just. Go around to whoever is the top of the division for the next stage, but the distinct advantage goes to American teams. There's like what eight American teams. Out of True, the I was going to say they'd all end up in Korea. Exactly. <laughs> well, that, that, that's not necessarily true because New York is his own Excelsiors. Team. Yeah. I think Excelsior may be the second best team or the best team next to so London's a little vulnerable at the three. Like no one has come close to to NY and Seoul, but they London has gotten the closest call thus far. We'll see down the line. I think uh, fatigue plays a big role, just like in any professional sport. Some of these guys might get burnt out. We might see some stuff switch around. Yeah. Excuse oh, me. absolutely. Oh, it's three. It was. We're going into like what week three, week four. Like it, mm-hmm. it's going to take a a couple of months. Someone's going to get on a streak. I'm excited for a good run, um, but. Anywho, next up, the Associated Press Style Book, which actually is a pretty funny story, went with esports as the definitive way to uh, spell the word, and that's esports, all lowercase, not E hyphen sports, not E capital S sports. E-sports. Dude, reading the article makes sense. Yeah. It makes sense why they did that. And just realizing in this technological age that we're in, right, people just Googled the easiest thing. Google will take anything you have, caps or no caps, hyphens or no hyphens, and spit out the top results. So people are just looking for esports, all lowercase, because it's the easiest thing to type. Makes sense why the press was like, let's just keep it easy. 100%. And then in in an interview with uh, one of the uh, six members of the AP style committee, I believe it was with the AP that he had the interview with, obviously. But he mentioned that when they changed the word email a few years ago to drop the hyphen, they put in this little rule that other E-terms should be hyphenated. E-commerce, E-business, go down on the line. But then since there's such an interest in esports, and esports is a topic that more and more people are writing about, we thought esports should have its own entry in the style book. So once we decided that esports was going to have its own entry, we had to decide to do the hyphen, et cetera, et cetera. Et cetera. Uh, when they got into the debate, uh, they eventually decided that uh, based off exactly what you were saying, which was the Google search, and they found that based on Google Trends, there was a, a 30 to 1 search for esports without a hyphen, and that factored into their decision. So it's funny how that sort of works, and also about the malleability of language in general that it's like, oh, the guy who created is like, I want to do it like this. And then everyone's like, nah, we want to do it this. And then <laughs> now it's this. <laughs> Sorry, your opinion is not valid here. Exactly. Uh, yeah. yeah. What, is, what is language but what everyone agrees upon to call something? Right. That's why we have thought and crazy words just coming out and just just anachronisms that you've never heard of before. It's crazy. It, 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 times, man. It's, it's interesting that like, it's like, now we have decided. So it's like, fuck it. I'm going full contrarian. I'm adding the hyphen. No one can stop me. <laughs> I'm going to annoy people with that. 
But now to uh, get closer towards uh, one of the most interesting stories of the week uh, is easily the announcement amongst uh, or amongst from Xbox that uh, they were going to expand the Game Pass subscription service. So if you're not familiar with it, it's a $10 service that is available on Xbox that had a bunch of uh, games. I think it was like 500 games. There was nothing new, but they had a couple of random titles. They did have Halo 5, to be frankly honest, but that was, that was a bigger one. Uh, like Lego Batman, a bunch of indie-based games. Uh, and it's sort of like a rental service, a digital rental service. And now they're going to be including it. Uh, they're going to now be including all Xbox first party games onto the service, including uh, Sea of Thieves, Crackdown 3 and State of Decay 2. So that means on March 20th, when Sea of Thieves comes out, if you have the Xbox Game Pass, you could literally pick it up for $10. And this is what I've been saying all along. This sort of moves Xbox towards a Netflix-like model where they're going to be just renting their games out. And I feel like a lot more people would be willing to pay, you know, 10 bucks. If you made that 10, 15 or $20, I'd pay that to be able to access that library every month, you know? That's yeah. a much more totally. definitive revenue stream than being like, oh, we released this game. Maybe you want to play it. What do you I think, think just the amount of money that we've spent on video games, just between the two of us, right, would have paid for this subscription service for the next 55 years or something stupid, right? So taking that and boiling it down where I only have to pay 10 bucks a month, I can get unlimited amount of games, and then you have new exclusives coming out that will be released right away for the service. It's ing- Incredibly enticing, right? Incredibly and enticing. I think people, you know, you're going back to who pirating and all that stuff um, and like rental services and Blockbuster and whatnot. It's just, I think people are now to pay for a subscription and get more out of it than they are to do something else like, you know, buy a game off your friend illegally for 30 bucks or buy a game. Well, well you can't me. really do that anyway anymore because I, I actually covered that a couple of weeks ago when I did the digital versus physical games. And so the move towards digital games only consolidates power to the publishers who are literally right, right. currently screwing people over. Like, you know, the, the battlefront two controversy, like that, is or the EA's just loot box issues or every game's loot box issues. There's just if you're going to try to change anything there, uh, it it consolidates there. But with especially with digital games, but this is far better. It I think that allows a lot more uh, indie developers to be able to get their games out here because it's all just again it's a stable revenue model. It's going to allow them to just be able to add in more titles and titles and titles, sort of like an Xbox version of Steam. Yep. Yeah. Yeah, Yeah, that's pretty much what it is. Yeah, which was smart of them not to end up allowing Steam onto the network because I I had thought about that. I was like, I'm I'm surprised they don't because I feel like a a cross-platform for Xbox and PC would be advantageous to itself because technically you're running both on microsoft interface slash products you know but i think 
if you're just talking from a business perspective, I understand why Steam didn't want to do that and why Xbox also didn't want them to do that. Well, they, they claimed it was because they didn't want to give access to having to do continual patch updates because to a degree, there's, I want to say, fewer updates when it comes to the to a console than with something like Steam, which could be getting patched on a daily basis. Okay. Um, I mean... But that could also be wrong. I'm, you were saying why? Why would? Why wouldn't it work no, for Steam? I, for me, it's just <clears throat> if I was Steam, I, I wouldn't necessarily want to go on Xbox, just because Steam sells games individually. It's not like you're paying for a subscription. So you're talking about this new Xbox Game Pass service. You're only paying ten dollars a month. That ten dollars is split evenly between whoever gives games. And I'm sure you know there's some um, some contract language that says oh if your game is downloaded 10,000 times or a million times we'll give you more money but for Steam itself if they allow indie games or you sell something for 60 bucks Steam gets a good chunk of that instead of just putting it out there for everyone to download and you're only getting a subscription from one person for $10 you basically give Steam a cut to give access to their network to a degree to be like oh I could go pitch this, you know, I, I could go pitch my mixtape out of my, you know, fucking car trunk, or I could just be plugged into this network and try to pump it up from within, which is how a lot of these games, like PUBG wouldn't have worked if it wasn't on Steam. I can see that. They have a big consumer base, but I just think the difference is paying the flat fee. Uh, I don't know. Paying the flat fee seems, seems to get more money up front as opposed to consolidated revenue stream. And they're not really worried about a subscription. Many people using Steam. What they, what they do with this or what the game pass does now with this is consolidates a market and expands it for a more casual gamer who would be like, I want to play games. I don't want to go through the process of picking games, throw a bunch of games in front of me. Let me play those games. So it's, it basically creates a little bit of a, a Netflix esque, rental service of itself within itself which is good (laughs) the only con con i see that is just uh (laughs) you're gonna have to download all these games it's be like uh which one do i want to pick okay now i need to download it you don't have good internet man that thing is gonna take like four hours by the time that you're done you're like i don't even want to play this anymore (laughs) i think i think it's very upsetting that suddenly net neutrality is repealed and now games are moving to this games as service model where it's like you can't why can't they just set this shit up all on a cloud and allow you to just stream the game instead of having to download it onto your console i was talking to my sister about this we're playing bioshock I, i put the disc in and it's like okay, do you want to download the game? It's like, no, that's why I put the disc in, so you fucking run the game. Like, right, right. And, and then, then I it, can't run the game without the disc. Exactly! Oh, my God. It's, I tell, what do I tell you, Lilo? What do I always say? Who makes these fucking decisions? I need to know. <laughs> I need to know, because it never makes sense. This one, when I heard it, I was like, okay, yes, I'm not surprised because this makes sense because everyone was looking at Nintendo and the Switch and being like, yo, that's really cool. And suddenly, you know, 
they were able to, you know, grab some momentum away. I think this is a momentum stealer. I think it really pushes Sea of Thieves moving forward. I think if someone was on the fence about, do I buy an Xbox One or One X, still a stupid name, One or One X, or do I buy a Nintendo Switch? I think that could potentially be a uh, tipper uh, towards Xbox um, because as cool as the Switch is, each of the games are like 60 bucks and they're never cheap. And uh, the PlayStation rental service blows. So it's cool. It's good. I'm glad. I'm going to use it. Um, I, I tried the... Uh, the was it the trial period i didn't love it but now i like shit if they if they had sea of thieves i want to play the game but i also don't like the fact that then you don't own it then everything's just a rental but that's neither here nor there i'd be not opposed to doing that anyway last up the nintendo labo which is that is that how do you pronounce it i think it is yeah I'm pretty uh, sure well, it's Nintendo Labo. Yeah, well, so Nintendo Labo. Uh, I don't know anything about it. I saw it. It looked like a cardboard box, but it looked like an interactive cardboard box, and everyone kept mentioning piano. I obviously read up a little bit about it, but explain it to me. What is this? Man, I mean, if you're just reading the articles like I am and getting excited, it's pretty much a little kid's dream in terms of creation and stuff. Nintendo's trying to... Nintendo's always been a company that's going after the the younger kids. It's always been a company that, you know, Mario attracts children and adults alike, right? Mm-hmm. So kids love being and making things and being interactive with items. So they, they gave you the opportunity to do that. And it's actually pretty cool. It's like a sandbox type um, do-it-yourself building kit where yeah. they'll give you cardboard and it's perforated. And then you have the program on your switch and put the stuff together. You put your little remotes inside the compartments that they're supposed to be in. And then you could play around and mess around. You, but You, you could reconfigure the cardboard multiple times. I think... So from what I know, I think they gave you initial designs to begin with. And then like if things break, you can fix them yourself. But eventually, I think what they're trying to do is expand that to allow the right. Yeah. So a lot of people were saying in several articles, like you could see third party um, 3D printed materials come into play where games will have uh, little things really printed and they're shipped with the packaging so that you can put it together and it's actually more durable than cardboard that kind of stuff and mm. i think the idea is using the switch and the mold i guess the mobility of it and the versatility of it to their advantage to attract a lot younger fan base and it's it's really really cool i think it's gonna be an awesome idea just seeing the stuff they did in the trailer was incredible you use your Wiimote and the IR sensor that one of them has on the bottom of it, right? And you use it to see the the keys that you're pressing down on your cardboard keyboard, and then it plays music out of your Switch. Like, that's really cool. That is now, cool. take that same idea, and then you have someone design, a, I don't know, <laughs> something else, right? Mm-hmm. A typewriter, uh, have someone create a transformer, and you could use the IR sensor to look at something on the ground, so that the game reacts a certain way when you're playing with it. Uh, it was just, it's a cool idea. 
that makes me think that Nintendo is like full heat checking right now. You know what that means? When you heat check? No, what do you mean? Like when, you, when you're an NBA player and you're just like hitting a couple of shots and you heat check and you'd see if, you know, you take a ridiculous shot. And so, oh, like, oh, oh, you know, there's Steph Curry right now. So he hit one. Okay, yeah. we got one. And hit second, third. And now they're just like, all right, half court, fucking cardboard box. And, <laughs> <laughs> and, and they're like, whoa. NBA jam style. And they're just dunking on everybody. Uh, uh, that's, dude, Switch is blowing up. It's, it's the best selling console for them, obviously. And this is really creative. And this is a really cool idea for sure. I think it's going to blow up. And I think. Uh, like when I say blow up, it's going to be a hit for the kids. And that's all they're going for. Out of the kids, the kids will know what they can do and that they can play games too. And they'll just be hooked. You know, they'll be stuck. It replaces the iPad. Dude, 100%. That's yeah. exactly what I was going to say. Like they know about the iPads and iPhones and they'll never know the, the horror of the Game Boy or the love of the Game Boy really. And never know um, really a DS anymore because they're just kind of touch screens. So yep. Nintendo Switch offers the ability to use a controller, a touch screen, and then now you can build stuff with it. Are you kidding me? It's a game changer. So why would they go do anything else? They would just use it. It's important because what it does, because at the, as beautiful as the Switch is, it also simultaneously kills off their their handheld market so that's a big revenue loss stream so before there were two hardware consoles that they were selling and now they've rolled both of those into one because if you got a switch it's sort of like why would you get a a ds yeah i mean technically one's a console and one's like a handheld device uh, exactly it's a replacement trying to push more they're, they're trying to push more Switch. I mean, don't get me wrong. They can do more things with the Switch. Exactly. The capabilities for the Switch DS is... Yeah, so like... So there's it's no good. comparison. And so why would you push this product? I was actually listening to that podcast, the uh, Gamers with Jobs podcast. And, and one, of, one of the guys was like a parent, and he actually mentioned something, and it wasn't about the Labo. He mentioned how it was good to be able to give the Switch to his kid because it doesn't have access to a web browser mm, mm-hmm. important very important i think that would be a major selling point for them if they're selling it with the cardboard <laughs> the fucking cardboard <laughs> hey Modern I, I don't even know how someone came up with it but God i bless. think it's i think it's gonna work exactly them in. i'm not opposed to it Anyway, that's uh, that's pretty much it for the news uh, in this week. Um, barring anything substantial, uh, but even if it isn't, we're going to be uh, coming back to you guys on Friday. So, uh, hope you guys enjoyed it, uh, and uh, we'll we'll see you in a couple of days.